0: Hi there, Let's Talk Sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of our Let's Talk Sports. Let's Talk New York Jets from the UK special. And I'm joined by a man who I always talk New York Jets from a UK perspective, and that's Paul Carey. Thanks for joining me today. Pleasure, Dan. Thank you very much. Uh, Apologies.
1: The Folks, for us being a little bit on the late side, I had what they call technical difficulties in that I attempted to use my tablet for the first time to do this and it was fine for about two minutes and then went Aah! Just like that and uh, Disappeared off the face of the earth. So we had to uh, Go back to plan B, which is get the phone back up against the steering wheel and here we are ready to go um, Not an awful lot's happened this week. Dan, can you think of anything interesting for the Jets? Because
0: I was going to say, I'm, I'm black That's just your fantasy team Right now it's all set Um
1: you happy with it Paul? Absolutely delighted uh, Snuck in the Jets defence And of course Tyler Conklin's on my team um, I, I feel a bit of a I feel a bit, a, bit, a bit of a betrayer Because Those are the only Jets I took And I just, I want us to have such a good season and I know we're going to have such a good season. I really, really, really should have taken more players, but I'm just, uh, I'm blaming you. You stole the ones that I was going to get. It's all your fault.
0: Um, You should do what I do. What I've tended to do is basically get every Jets player. I think we'll have a good season (laughs) Fantasy Rise, but space them out in different leagues, if you will. I'll have one to two in each team, and I think there's value in that. Elijah Moore sometimes, um, actually, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson fell in a couple of leagues. Tyler Conklin is always there in the last two or three picks, so I always pick him as my backup tight end so that um, there's that upside tight end. I recommend that to anyone that's playing Tyler Conklin. He's going to have an ascending season. I'm convinced of that. So, say you draft Dalton Schultz, for instance, or Darren Rawler, you can have Conklin for the bye week or injuries happen. Both Schultz and Rawler's got injury history. So, yeah, that's what I would recommend, picking him up in, like, the 13th round. And then you won't get a better player in the 13th round than Tyler Conklin. I'm convinced of that. Agreed. Um, so... Uh, Camps here. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, we won't spend too long on this subject because I was always convinced, well, I was fairly confident this would happen. Is Mackay Beckton has turned up? He's in shape, and we're both being high on this train. Let's see the product on the field. I don't speculate. And whereas it's not on the field, there, the only thing he could do at the beginning of camp, was turn up in condition. Obviously, it's not on the field there, but the first battle is to turn up in condition. The next step is, well, from today onwards, when the pads are on, show out. And then when it comes to the games, produce that on the field. So he's, um, to be honest with you, blowing away the first step, he seems in phenomenal condition and shout out to him because he hasn't just had to get in condition he's had to get in condition while rehabbing from the injury and also while he's got a young a little one on the way that is a these are human beings so you've got to give a shout out to him that he was motivated and I'm sure he was motivated by certain comments in the press and on social media so Yeah, good luck to him, and I'm rooting for him to have a great season. I'm sure you agree, Paul.
1: 100%. 100%. I would say there's a few things in there. The move over to right tackle, that's the only thing that I'm... "Mm," But the coaches know better than I do, and they think that's the way to go. So that's the way to go. Uh, I, I, I wondered if Fant, who'd played right tackle enough, to go over there and be comfortable. Becton coming back off a major injury might be put into left tackle where he's comfortable to be feeling more comfortable, but they feel he's capable of dealing with the switch. And frankly, Fant was outstanding there last year. So keeping Fant at left tackle, putting Mekhi Becton into right tackle. With regard to how he turned up in camp and how he turned it up in OTAs, the man is coming off a major, major injury. And... He's also at an age as a lot of the Jets players are and we're going to find this with some of the wide receivers and some of our draft picks from this year. Uh, Not so much Clemens, he's a little bit older, but uh, they're at an age where the body has stopped physically growing, the bone density is set, the muscle uh, placement is set, and it's just then a case of, of what you build up then is the strength, you build up the muscles there. You're not your your body's changed, um, and the needs of your body has changed. So your nutritional needs change. Putting on bone density has a different nutritional need to putting on muscle mass, uh, putting on strength. So these things all make a big, big difference. You've seen it with Zach Wilson. You've seen it with Denzel Mims. You've seen it with Mackay Becton. Uh, he came in, his weight was an issue he was overweight there's no question about that after that injury that's exactly what you would expect him to be um and he's worked his socks off to get down there but we've also had the nutritionists in there saying right Mackay, this is what you've been doing up to now and that is fine while well, your body needed that your body no longer needs x y and z in your diet it needs A, B, and C. So we need to move you on to A, B, and C, and that will make a difference in your, your body conditioning. And that's what he's done. He's changed that diet, I would imagine. The nutritionists have got hold of him. They've got his weight under control again. So he now has the correct for what he requires to do on the field. and yeah, Sumini noted that he took a knee in the first practice. Wow. Man who's been out for a year takes knee in first practice to take a wee bit of a break. It's going to take all of training camp and possibly three or four three or four weeks of pre-season uh, to, for him to get his football readiness back up. It's one thing being fit, and it's another thing being fit while... A 280-pound guy is battering you to try and get past you. So I think the, the fitness that he's got just now will just continue to improve and improve. And come week one, week two even, it might take as long as he's going to start making pancakes. One thing, the move from left to right sounds simple. It's not and that will take him a bit of time. He's played a little bit of right, I think, in in college, so that will help. But it does take time. So give him till week four or five, possibly even week six, before you're expecting the the outstanding performance that we hope we get.
0: Yep. Um, there's a couple of things. So first of all, on Blitzenini, I'm not his biggest fan anyway. Um, But this is personal with Becton. I don't know. I'm getting a flashback to Manish here. Um, I think he wants to prove that he's right on Becton so he's getting more aggressive in his comments. I've always been... If I'm a fan of any beat report and I know he's leaving, it's Connor Hughes because I think he's fairer about it. I'm not saying he's the perfect journalist, but he's open to admitting he's wrong and he's more casual about it. He had the exchange of words um, with Greenbean, but then he was open enough to go on Greenbean's channel. So, look, um, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and just slag off Connor just because he's a big reporter. He is open to that dialogue. So, that, that's all I ask, to be honest with you, whereas Rich, I'm going to be honest, I just don't like him. and I don't say that about many people, but It just comes across as Boon or Mackay, personally speaking, and I don't like that, to be honest with you. I know Mackay's a grown man, I do get that, but I don't know. It just seems a bit personal by this stage. And in regard to the right tackle thing, I'm okay with it just because I expected it to be removed, I think. There's two things. I think the strengths of Mackay at this point is probably better on the right tackle. And the same for George Fane. I think he excels in pass protection, whereas Mackay excels in run protection. And he can develop that pass protection while he's at right tackle. And it has to be said just because he's playing right tackle this year. it Don't mean he won't play left tackle next year or in two years' time. It's all about development. That's something this coach and staff preaches. Uh, That's what I will say I always expected it to be. And one other point is even apart from George Frank had an excellent year last year in that position, he was in that position, the left tackle for his rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. So that's another thing. You don't want to change the left tackle if you can help it. So I find, to be honest with you, it doesn't matter to me who plays left and who plays right. What matters to me is, do we have two good left, a good left tackle and a good right tackle? And I believe we do, because it's not like you're like, well, we drafted Mackay on the left, so we play him at the left. It doesn't really matter what we do at right tackle. Just let that be. That's just how I feel. I think we've got two very good players in the position and I agree with you it will take him time to just to plan on the right side again and also from that injury sir. So I think it'll at least take six or eight games to be in full self because anyone who's come off a serious injury like that knows that and particularly when let's call it how it is, he's a bigger guy so it takes that bit longer <laughs> to recover but yeah, I'm intrigued to see how this developed for the rest of the off-season um, and something else that plays into our line is our next topic, the running game and Michael Carter and Bruce Hall, from all reports look phenomenal we, we, we spoke about all off-season I think this is going to be a very good unit this year, I'm sure you agree Paul Yeah the the one
1: quick thing without pads at the moment, it's without pads. However, uh, I, I think it's very safe to say that the Jets running game is in good hands, and uh, not just the running game, but the' receiving and blocking from the running backs because both of those players have shown that they're both very capable of doing that. and uh, it's it's going to be an exciting season for Jets fans. It's going to be an intriguing season for Jets fans. What I like most of it all is Bruce Hall has said, I've spoken to Michael Carter. Whenever I have a question, I go to Mike Carter, and Michael Carter is saying, yeah, I'm happy to talk to Bruce Hall. I tell him all these different things. And he said, I feel a little bit like Tevin Coleman must have felt with me and that all these questions are coming and, and all the answers are coming through, which gives you a great insight into the role of Tevin Coleman last year it gives you an insight into the mentality of Michael Carter on both learning and passing on that learning. And it gives you an insight into how Brees Hall is thinking coming in here. He's not thinking, I'm the big guy I am. the best I'm the best uh, running back that came out of college. And I'm the number one pick out of college as a running back. And I'm going to be the top dog. He's going in there going, right, Michael Carter played last year. I need to find out as much as I can from him. Tevin Coleman's a vet. I need to find out as much as I can from him. I'm here to learn. Can you ask for any more from a player?
0: I don't think you can, and it's what I—I I always thought that was the role of Tevin Coleman. It's why, like when some people look at his role and say, "I'll cut him. We can just have Ty Johnson, or even Bam." No, we don't. For what we're paying him, mm-hmm. it's a lot of money to me and you. I do get that. Mm-hmm. But it's peanuts in regard to <laughs> the NFL. And yeah. he showed up in important moments last year, a few special team plays also um, on third down. I think he will still have this role, but his most important role is not just from a veteran presence and them how to do it also, From this system point of view, he's been in this system basically his entire NFL career. So he's an underrated player. This may be his last year as a Jet, but if he's on this contract for another year after this, I'm okay with it. I like Tevin Coleman. He's a straight up baller, in my opinion, and also. I think he uses veteran presence, to be honest with you, what you want from veteran leadership. And this is a young offence and not just the running back room. Possibly some of the receivers will have some questions for him. So I like Tevin Coleman. I want him around. I want him to have a good season. And I like that he's helping these young Bucks develop. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, uh, Pong. Yeah. So on
1: Tevin Coleman, Coleman, before we go on, I wasn't sure about Tevin Coleman when he arrived and I wasn't a fan of Tevin Coleman before he arrived. But when I see everything he's done with the Jets, when I see his interaction with the, the young players and when I see, as you say, him turning up and doing absolutely what we need him to do and more, I I, I am now a fan of Tevin Coleman. So I I think, yeah, he's been great for the Jets and I think the Jets have been good for him. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, Yes, next group, please.
0: No, um, I agree with that. And what I will say before we move on, it says a lot about you that maybe you weren't his biggest fan, but you've been open to that change. Because I've always said, like, there's certain players I'm less convinced about if I've got jet uniform on, I'm open to see them changing my mind. I don't root to be right. I'd rather be wrong about a player and them do good and um sort of change my opinion rather than, I may be right, but we stink. So that would be the alternative. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, I just wanted to say that says a lot about you, that you're open to that dialogue Thank and you. changing your mind. Um one player I'm not if he has a successful season, you won't need to have changed your mind about is Denzel Williams. And by all accounts, he's um, having a very good camp. It has to be said, it's still early on, as you said, without pads. Uh, he, he needs to keep doing it in camp. But the biggest thing, and we've talked about this such a lot. This offseason, the biggest thing he needs to do is stay healthy. So far, so good. But I've got my fingers crossed, obviously. It's a bit like Ashton Davis as well. He's in a similar situation. Yeah. This year is do or die for them in regard to how they're seeing, certainly as a Jet, but in the NFL as well. So I just pray to God that they stay healthy because they're having good camps by all camps. Denzel Mims is bull out, sir. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see how he looks once pre season those
1: preseason games hit. Yeah. It's it's an interesting one and it's one where, as you know, I've been a, a massive supporter of Denzel Mims and I've talked up so much the effect of those injuries and how when they're when that effect, when those effects are gone, he's going to be a, a an absolute monster in the league now. This is where I have this is where I have a problem because I still believe that and I desperately want him to be a monster with the Jets. If the Jets only keep five receivers, that's an issue because Smith is an absolute lock in as wide receiver five because of his special teams play. So Mims needs the Jets to keep six receivers. One to four are set. You've got Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios. One to four are set. They're not in any danger whatsoever. Five is Smith. Smith is staying in there, uh, because of his special teams expertise. He's our, he's our second best special teamer behind Justin Hardy. He's not going anywhere. So we need the Jets to keep six receivers. If they keep six receivers, Mims is there. Not a question about that at all. Mims is going to be the sixth receiver. Now we come to what we're going to do in the future, and that is the case where Corey Davis is making $13 million, Denzel Mims isn't. If Corey Davis is in that situation next year, and Mims is, is as good as we're hoping he's going to be, I can see Davis being moved on and Mims coming in for the cap hit. But if they only keep five receivers, I can see Mims getting traded. And I, as you know, I have been absolutely against that from day one. I'm still against it, but I can see the logic behind it. I just pray it doesn't happen. I really hope Denzel Mims is wide receiver six because he will stomp up that depth chart as the season goes the make or break for him is is that if they keep six receivers and he goes in as wide receiver 6 and he absolutely shows throughout the season not on the field he won't get you know 30 40 targets a game he won't get 15 targets a game he won't get 10 targets a game so he's not going to be able to show it on the field all the time if he shows it in training and if he shows it in the, your day-to-day to the coaches, I'm the man that's capable of going in as your replacement for the guy you're paying a lot of money for, you're going to be paying me a lot less, take me on, then that, I think, is, is the make or break for him. Is he going to be showing in training that he's going to be the guy next year? Yes. I hate saying that because I really don't want to, but that's 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 the truth of the matter, I'm afraid.
0: I agree um, I've always said I don't believe they'll carry six because if they're going to do two tight end sets obviously I I, I just can't see it I think his biggest role again that fifth because they absolutely love Jeff Jeff Smith by all accounts yeah. and his special teams for you now one outlier what could change this is Jeff Smith has shown a on for getting injured probably more so then Denzel Mims has. So should he get injured in camp and is headed to IR, that could push the decision down the road, if you will. I think if he got injured, then they probably he would be the fifth guy and they would work something out in regard to special teams and make that decision once he comes back. So oh, oh, it's going to be interesting. Um, one thing I will say is if he does get traded, I've always said I will keep an eye on the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, there's that founding connection, their receiver situation. So it would not shock me to see him move for maybe a fourth or fifth round. I, I, I could just see that happening. Um, it's a shame because there's the talent there, and he is having a good camp. But I just don't believe that they'll carry six receivers. It. It's just not on the cards, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I, no, they're carrying six. Memphis is going
0: forward. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting. Um, I'm intrigued to see how that does fit. I will say this if they carry six and he is it, it means they're planning on next year and him taking over on Corey Davis, because he's yeah. not making it to the practice rod he's just not, someone will claim him, so they may well stash yeah. him and uh, it would tell you what their belief in him is, if that is the case, because I believe their tactic is five receivers, so uh, we will see, Paul, yeah. one final thing I wanted to talk with you about is the linebacker position, and from Alexander's come in a veteran, um, and someone what knows the system so it ticks all the boxes. Um, here memos the next to uh, young, fancy rooms. I think that's a good mix there of experience and youthful exuberance, if you will. So, yeah, that should be an interesting doing it. Changes the unit, and everyone talks about the lack of depth for safety well this helps them out because i i've always said if you add to a linebacker core that helps you on the back end with the safety i think that makes the safety unit better that they've got now that's under in past protection that in the passing game um if you will so yeah and what did you think of the signing paul we've been talking about for a while
1: We have. If you heard a click there and saw me glance up and wonder what was going on, I'm sitting in my car and we have seagulls here in Aberdeen, lots of seagulls. And I think something has just hit the top of the roof on the car, but let's not go into that. Quan Alexander. Um, yeah, we, we, we talked about the culture and I said the same with Larry oganjobi The money is on the table. The offer is on the table. It's now up to the player to make the decision. Uh, oganjobi decided he was going to go elsewhere. Uh, Rafe also decided Riley Reef decided he was going to go elsewhere the money he got from the Bears holy Yeah, we were never paying that and and he was never starting with us so Reef gone Uh, but then the one player that came in was the one player that I would argue we needed above all others which was someone into the linebacker room Quan Alexander excellent in coverage has a history of injury but as has been pointed out We don't need him to be a starter for 16 games. We need him to contribute. And contributing and playing are two different things. If you're playing solid 16 games, CJ Mosley on every snap, bang, 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 that has an impact on your body in a certain way. If you're going in on certain downs and rotating in, you're less likely to get injured. There's less wear and tear on your body. So if we can keep Quan Alexander uh, healthy... For this season, I think that's an absolutely fantastic move. A number of things to look at. We've spoken about the culture. We've spoken about the influence that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas and their vision and how they see things coming through is having on the people we were approaching to sign and how they're saying, yeah, we love what's happening at the Jets. We want to be here. You're not going to tell me that Colin Alexander didn't have other offers. He chose to come to the Jets. Now, who those offers were from, I don't know. What the offers were, were they less, were they more, I don't know. What I do know is that he liked what he saw at the Jets enough to come and choose the New York Jets. Same old Jets overpaying for average players and underperforming players. That is no longer happening. Here's the offer. Here's what we think you're worth. Here's our organization. If you want us, come and get us. And Quan Alexander is here. What effect does that have on the long term for us? It's a one-year deal. Well, here's the really important thing now. Sherwood and Dean were taken on as development projects and thrown in straight from the off. We didn't have a choice. Injuries, lack of depth, they were in there from the off. Now, people can say, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're cut back, One's going to the practice squad, one's now fourth in line in the rotation and they're not so hot and it's a, it's, a, it's a failed experiment. It's only the second year. It's only their second year. The first year, their learning was hampered more than anything by injury and also by having to play too early. We now have three rotational players. We've got CJ Mosley, we've got Quincy Williams, we've got Quan Alexander, who are ahead of those guys. They can sit back, soak up all the experience, soak up all the knowledge, learn the position. And remember, they weren't linebackers in college. They were safeties. They're learning a new position. They've got a year now where they can relax. The pressure isn't on. They can return they can learn the position. They can even sit next year and continue learning the position for half of next year and come through. So we'll, we'll see, I mentioned earlier, we sometimes we're looking at things three years down the line. right? One of Greenbean's famous quotes, you don't judge a, a draft class until three years down the line. Uh, so, so we'll look at those players, Sherwood and Dean in particular, and we're not looking at this year anymore. We're not possibly even looking at next year for those players. We're looking for them to develop. We're now giving them the time to develop and see if they can. I can see Dean going on to the, the practice squad rather than making the 53, but I can't see him going anywhere because I think they will keep him and I think they will let him learn and develop. Sherwood's a different matter. I think they're so high on him that they're going to keep him in 53 and they're going to give him a chance to learn in game situations and I think they're going to throw him on the park but they're going to throw him in the park in situations where he's going to be able to thrive not where he's going to have to be the top dog the whole time in every play, they're going to throw him in where he's got experience around him and it's a play that's going to benefit him and and going to play to his strengths and he's going to be able to make a make, he's going to be able to make hay out of that, he's going to be able to get the knowledge, to get the experience and to see what's happening around him uh, at a time where he can actually afford to make a a mistake because we're we're in a good position so I think it's going to be a massive benefit that signing is going to be a massive benefit to the team and to those two players in particular over the next two to three years
0: Yep, Yep. oh great book, um Any time you draft players in the fifth round, sometimes it's the third year you start to see them. They de- de- developmental players in for a reason. If you're a developmental player, you're not playing in three months. It just takes time to develop them. I agree with you with Sherwood. Although Dean was the bigger name, I think Sherwood was the player they really wanted in that draft, of in the linebacker. Position, I think they view him as someone that could be with air apparent to CJ Mosley, which is a big call. No. but I just think that's how they view them. And thing is interesting. There's so much talent there. If he can develop how his potential would suggest, I think his role translates to what Tron Alexander will do for us this year. So that's almost what ideal signing. That he can learn from him. We'll see. I agree with you. He may well be on the practice rod for development. We'll see for him health is gonna be very important in how he does develop. He's had some injuries, so we'll see, Paul, I'm yeah. sure we'll prove you his position as we get further into camp. But that just about wraps up the episode, Ivan. To so thank you for joining me.
1: I've got three very quick ones for you, Dan. First of all, congratulations to Joe Clayco in getting into the last 12 for the the Hall of Fame. Hopefully he makes it in. That man should be in the Hall of Fame. So hopefully this year he is one of the three that go through. He's made it down to the final route. Number two, big signing for the 49ers. I know Paul Hope will be absolutely bouncing around the room just now. If you peel him off the ceiling in time for your show this week, congratulations. But the Debo Samuel signing is going to be massive. My take on that, Debo Samuel wanted to come to the Jets, uh, but San Francisco said, we'll pay you so much money, it won't be worth your while going to the Jets. You'll, You'll make an absolute mint with us. Uh, so there we go, they had to outbid him by millions to get him to stay rather than come to the Jets, honest and the last thing I want you to say Dan uh, thank you for everyone for tuning in and, and thank you for listening and please do uh, tune in uh, on a regular basis to Let's Talk Sports because Dan does a great job there and thanks for having me on Dan and I want you to give your opinion on this as we go Braxton is hair, what an Earth is that about? Thank goodness the man has to wear a helmet during the game because that haircut is absolutely criminal.
0: Look, um, Paul, as far as I'm concerned, he could have it green hair with black dots on as long as he catches the ball. Um, I don't really mind to be honest with you, so yeah, and um, that's where I. On it, um, yeah, but I'm excited to see what he does in this system. I expect him to be a go-to guy again this year. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about him in other episodes. But as we close up, I want to say, everyone, don't forget to drop Paul a follow. His handles at where his name is at the bottom of the screen, if you will. And we'll be back next Monday, sir. So. Until then, they took sport fans, friends for watching.